Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, this may not be a time where a lot of people are thinking about jumping ship. If you have a job right now, you probably feel that that's a good thing, but maybe it should be. This is a time when we're doing a reset of everything, and if you are thinking about your longer-term employability, it might be a time to take stock of your strengths and perhaps even think about striking out on your own. At least that's what our next guest thinks. Jeff Gotthelf is the author of a book called Forever Employable, and some years ago, he decided that he'd gotten as far as he could in his organization and to really be employable and build a career for himself, he had to think about his strengths, take them out there, be out on his own maybe, but also look at what kind of building his brand would give him in terms of the bigger picture. Now he's writing about that, talking about it, and hopefully helping people get to a point where they do feel more secure in an environment where corporations may cut them loose, more secure that they will be able to sell their strengths because their strengths are worth buying. Well, he's got some really interesting thoughts and it's a really timely discussion. Please stay with us. rates around the world have ratcheted up from where they were six months or a year ago, and even many who have jobs wonder what would happen if they were to lose them. But is there a way to be forever employable? Well, that's actually the title of a book by our guest today. Jeff Godolf is a coach, speaker, author, and consultant. He helps organizations build better products, and executives build the cultures that build better products. And in his new book, he shares his story and looks at how to perhaps take yourself to a place where you are more employable one way or the other. He joins us now from Barcelona. Good morning, Jeff. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Linda. Good, good morning. Good afternoon. It's nice to be here. Well, great to have you here. You know, I like to always start by asking guests how they got to the place they are right now in their own careers. Now, what got you to a place where someone's asking you for advice? Yeah, so I spent a chunk of years after college as a broke touring musician. And while those were really fun days and, and the folks I did that with are still my best friends to this day, uh, I didn't pay very well. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was I like, can imagine. Yeah, a little, little short on cash uh, back in those days. And so the good news is, is that as that was kind of winding down in the late 90s, the internet was picking up and I found myself fairly easily um, getting into the whole Web 1.0 situation. Back in 1999, if you could spell HTML, you could get a job. And I, I could do more than spell it. I could do, I, I could do a little bit of front-end des design and, and some, some coding. And so I ended up becoming a web designer. And, and really, that is what kind of set me down a path uh, in technology, which over time uh, turned into different design jobs and ultimately design management jobs right up until the time that I hit my 35th birthday, about 10 years into this career, where I realized that, you know, I, I'm not convinced that this career path that I'm on is sustainable for another 10 years. I was really worried that I would find myself in a situation where the opportunities that I was looking for were scarce, the salary requirements that I, I needed were even more scarce. 
and that the skill set that I was bringing to those was not going to stay current enough or relevant enough to remain competitive. And so I decided to change the dynamic. I decided to, to not follow the plan that we all get taught, which is, you know, to, to, to work hard and then get sort of a, you know, a slight, a promotion, a slightly more money, a slightly more responsibility, and then move somewhere else and get a little bit more, but instead to change the dynamics so that I create a reality where opportunities are finding me rather than me having to proactively go look for them. And that was a decision I made on, the, on when I turned 35. And since then, for the last 12 years or so, I've been executing on that resolution to build a platform of expertise and thought leadership and personal branding based on my work experience that does indeed drive these kinds of opportunities towards me. Well, that I'm sure sounds good to a lot of people right now. They're probably not you know, feeling very secure in their own jobs, but it's a big leap. I mean, how do you go from wanting to do that to actually doing it? It's a huge leap. <laughs> let's not let's not trivialize it, right? I mean, I've been working on it for twelve years, and so it's it's um, at least in my experience, it's it's certainly not an overnight success. Um, look, you you have to start by deciding what it is that you're going to base your your platform on, right? What is the what is your expertise, your experience, your passion that you want to be known for? that will attract others to you. In the book, I call it planting a flag. And it's, it's, it's a critical decision that you make at the beginning of this process about where, where I'm going to plant my flag. What's, what domain, what slice of my expertise am I going to start to share and hopefully become known for? Now, the good news is that you don't have to just pick one thing and hope it'll work. You can actually pick a couple of things, more than one thing. And test and learn your way towards the flag that will ultimately bear the most fruit, right? That's, that's the goal in all of this. And that comes out in, in smaller experiments, right? So for example, you might say, look, I know a lot about, um, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, say you're a plumber, for example, right? I know a lot about being a plumber, right? And I believe that I can build um, a YouTube following about DIY, you know, home plumbing repair, right? I'm going to become the home plumbing repair guru on YouTube, right? That's kind of your goal. Well, you know, that's nice to say, and that's a great hypothesis, but ultimately before you go invest 10 grand in a home studio, right? Maybe you should, uh, you know, spend $10 on a little tripod, put your phone on it, point it at your face, record a three minute video, upload it to YouTube and kind of see what happens after you tell people about it. So that's kind of where you get started. You have to kind of identify where your passions, your expertise is, and then run experiments to figure out exactly which ones might actually drive uh, people to, towards you. It's interesting. You consider this as a way to be perhaps more secure, uh, but I know that this is being sold in the media and by politicians as a worse way to be. You know, gig work is an evil. Now, I would disagree with that. Obviously, you disagree with that too. I don't think this is gig work. I mean, look, let me rephrase. I actually think that well, this will generate a lot more than gig work. It definitely will generate some gig style work, right? Hey, can you come teach this workshop? Hey, can you come uh, lead a session on this? Hey, can you uh, give a talk at a conference? Absolutely, right? You're going to get those kinds of opportunities. But in addition to that, you're also going to come up with, with full-time opportunities as well. As people 
um, create this, this um, recognized expertise around themselves, organizations that are looking to fill gaps with those recognized expertise are going to run searches for those terms. And you're going to show up as the first or the second or the third person in those searches. And those full-time opportunities come in as well. For example, I planted my flag on a concept called Lean UX, which was a software design methodology that helped designers and software engineers generally be more successful and collaborate uh, more successfully together. That has become, it's it's an issue that's been ongoing for for a decade plus with those folks. Um, When people need that, challenge solved and they google that phrase lean ux or collaboration between design and engineering i'm in the top 10 every single time and full-time opportunities definitely make their way to me because of that okay so some say somebody wants to get started on this you mentioned the plumber but what are other actionable things people can do to build a personal brand so look so once you once you plant your flag the the next thing to do is to figure out then exactly how you're going to share that expertise and and that knowledge with your target audience right and so there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to do this you you have to understand who you're targeting and you have to understand how those folks consume information today um what are their preferences for channels do they watch youtube do they re- read stuff on linkedin do they uh, get their inspiration on Instagram? Are they on Twitch watching streams, right? It, there's, there's a variety of different ways. And so my recommendation is to go fish where the fish are. So understand your target audience. And if you don't know, go ask them, right? So for example, you might say, look, my expertise is in web design, okay? And I want to make content for other web designers who are early in their career. They're just getting into this field. I want to help them be successful in the first five years of their career. So you might plant that flag. Terrific. But you may not have a clear sense of where those folks are actually getting their information right now about how to become a better uh, junior web designer. My recommendation is to go find five of those folks and talk to them. And, And look, worst case scenario, run a search on LinkedIn, identify five strangers and send them a message and say, look, I'd love to ask you a few questions, 15 minutes of your time and see what happens. I guarantee you people will say yes. And then you start to build a sense of how to target these folks and how to best create content that they might actually consume. You also talk about building income streams. Give us an example about what you mean by that, because you're obviously talking about more than one project going at the same time. So there's a variety of ways that you can use the platform that you build around yourself to generate revenue. So for example, you might put up a course on Udemy, right? So you put up a basic web design course on Udemy, which is an online learning site. That, and if that course becomes successful, well, you're, you're, now you're getting the, you've achieved the holy grail of revenue streams, which is passive recurring income. There's, there's nothing more awesome than passive recurring income, right? That's when you wake up in the morning and you made money while you slept, right? That's, that's the best thing that can happen. Um, that's one aspect of it. Um, there are opportunities for you to, to write. So for example, uh, publications like Medium, for example, have a writer program where if, if people read your articles, they will pay you money. That's a second revenue stream. Um, there is a channel that you could use for public speaking, for example. So one of the things that I do regularly is I give keynotes, both at conferences as well as internally to organizations. You can get paid for that, right? So the idea is to take your expertise 
and diversify it across a variety of different channels and formats, and then figure out how much and how you can get paid for each one of those channels. And I do many of those things myself. But, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of the people listening to this might say, yeah, that's the last thing I want to try. What would you say to that? Is this an atmosphere where you'd want to be out there trying to take your brand out? I, I couldn't think of a better time, frankly, to do it right now because everyone's home. <laughs> and then they're all, uh, you know, they're all trying to figure out how to deal with this reality that we're working with. And if you're doing something interesting, if you're thriving, if you've hacked a better way to work from home, if you figured out how to get your dog or your kid to stop running in while you're on Zoom calls, right? Those are the kinds of things that you should start sharing. You've got a captive audience and everybody's everybody's looking to commiserate together. Everybody's looking for that that shared understanding of of, wow, like I'm not the only person dealing with this right now in my industry, right? Uh, and that, that, so, so I, I honestly cannot think of a better time. And, and if you can successfully start to plant those seeds now, as we eventually, hopefully, start to come out of this, that platform will only accelerate and amplify because all of a sudden, not only will you have sort of the distributed virtual remote world to, to work within, but you'll have the physical world back as well. And that's now you've got two very big, big opportunities. Do you have examples of people who've done this successfully? Other than me? Yeah. Other than you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's tons of folks out there. So like famous folks like uh, uh, there's uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, he's done particularly well, started off making videos about the wine business, his wife, uh, his wife, his family's wine business. Uh, and he screamed into the void on YouTube for a year. No one watched his videos. And then they started watching them. And then he built up this marketing credibility by doing modern, um, you know, digital content marketing for his family's wine business. And he turned that into this massive marketing business that now he's currently running. He's written four bestsellers. Uh, he's highly sought after keynote speaker, teacher, et, et cetera. So that's, that's one example of that. Um, I really like the example that Beth Comstock is, is setting. Beth Comstock was the chief marketing officer for General Electric for a long time. And since leaving, she's been extremely generous with her expertise. She's written a book. She speaks at conferences. She, she shares those, uh, those hard-earned learnings by, by being the chief marketing officer for one of the largest companies in the world uh, publicly. And that increases her brand even more than it was before creating new opportunities for her as well. Um, so there's lots and lots and lots of folks who have done this particularly successful. Seth Godin is another person that comes to mind um, kind of right off the top of my head. And, and, uh, and frankly, like, I mean, if you want to go to the top, <laughs> like the, the queen, I mean, Oprah is a fantastic example of someone who's done this at the absolute highest level that you can, you can achieve. That is true. What about somebody who isn't ready for this, who is working in a corporate environment and thinks maybe they can hang on to retirement or maybe they want to hang on longer? Are there lessons from this they can take to that job? You can absolutely use this to increase your employability with your current employer and to create a more attractive industry-facing persona 
for other employers. So within your organization, you can become the go-to person who trains people in your specialization or in your expertise. You do some corporate internal corporate training. You write for the corporate blog. You teach. Uh, you do brown bag lunch lessons, and and people can come in and just kind of and learn from you that type of thing. That grows and that that scales internally, and then inevitably that starts to exceed the boundaries of your office and of your kind of your corporate walls there and other organizations will see well well, that guy jeff you know he seems to be a real uh you know thought leader in web design within within his organization and that's attracting really good talent to that competing organization maybe we can get him to come work for us and get that same benefit over here but the thing that i will caution you is that if you feel like you you, you're going to tough this out and you're going to hang on be careful because i i think corporate loyalty is dead and I think that when times get tough, no matter how good you've been to your employer and to your boss and to your company, if times get tough, they won't hesitate to cut you if if they need that that um, you know your salary back to keep the business afloat. And so you've really got to prepare that that safety net for yourself. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think probably at this point, most people do know that. However, I, I think they're still scared. That this is a difficult environment and perhaps they haven't saved as much as they wanted. And leaving it and going somewhere else on their own is terrifying. So what are the qualities people need to work on? Not just the practical things like how to you know get on YouTube, but what are the personal things they should work on so they can do this? So first of all, you have to believe that you have a story to share. I think a lot of folks will say to themselves, well, uh, my story's not special. Uh, there's so much noise out there. What could I possibly say that hasn't been said? I haven't done anything remarkable, right? We get in our own heads and we sabotage ourselves before we even set out to start. And I think that that is the most important thing to overcome. And look, I'm here to tell you that you have a unique story. No one has done the things that you have done in the ways that you have done them exactly like you, which means that you're the only person that can tell that story immediately. Even if there are a million people in the workforce who do what you do today, I believe that your story is unique. That's the first thing. You have to believe that you've got something to share, number one. Number two, if you're going to start sharing, I encourage you to share things that you have done rather than things that you can speculate about. The connection that you'll make with an audience is going to be far more authentic if they believe that you've done the work, that you're, you're speaking from a place of experience. And you can amplify that authenticity and that connection if you're sharing your experience humbly. In other words, you're sharing not only the things that worked really well for you in your experience, but also the things that failed miserably. And what you learned from that, why they failed, and what you'll be doing differently. And I think that that, those qualities really help your story resonate. One of the things that I've learned uh, recently with the publication of Forever Employable is that the more personal you get in your stories, the greater they resonate. Forever Employable is the most personal book I've ever written. I've written four books. I've written uh, two design process books and one business book. Forever Employable is, is personal. It's about me. It's about my fears, about not being able to feed my family, not having a sustainable career, and what I did about that. And I find that it's those personal parts that people really latch onto more than anything else. And that's what they email me and comment to me about is that that's the part that resonated for me. And, and that those, those are some key components that can really help. 
Jeff, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure, Linda. This was a blast. Jeff Gotthelf is the author of Forever Employable, How to Stop Looking for Work and Let Your Next Job Find You. Well, that's it for today. It's a very interesting topic. If you do want to know more about it, check out Jeff's book. And we'll have the link to that on our show notes and as well the link to his other websites. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at at Relentless Eco. And of course, you can also send us an email. If you did enjoy this and you do enjoy the conversations about work in the future, please leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll really help people find us and keep the conversation going. As always, thanks for being here. And thanks to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work and the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.